0: Welcome to the Behind the Brand podcast, the show where we dive into the stories of real people behind great brands. I'm your host, Declan Short, and joining me today is Caleb Pahina, one half of Don Duciel, the minimalistic, luxury men's jewellery brand founded in New Zealand. I'm not sure if I say either of those names correctly, but you can correct me later on. Um, Caleb, I first met you a couple months ago over coffee. Uh, it was really great to bond with someone who just had a really similar taste in fashion and branding. Especially in New Zealand, it's like such a small country, so finding like, like-minded people, it's, it's a pretty fun experience, and I'm really excited to have you on the show.
1: Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, it's really, really good to be here, and um, yeah, likewise, really enjoyed catching up and,
0: and sort of spinning some ideas with you uh, a while back as well. It's always good to catch up over a coffee, um, and obviously we got to know each other a bit better then, but um, would you just like to tell the listeners of the show a bit about your personal background?
1: Yeah, man. Um, so my name is Caleb Pahina, um, founder of Dondu Uh We are a small batch provider of je- jewellery uh, based in Auckland, Tamaki Makaurau. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that with my brother for the last six months or so. Uh, we actually released our first collection uh, June the 1st um, this year. And we're coming up on our second collection at the end of this month, which we're, we're buzzing about, man. So Um, yeah stoked to be here Um, I suppose what's interesting is that Don Duciel is sort of a side hustle for me and um, my day job is actually in tech consulting um, which I've been doing for a couple of years uh, after I finished up my studies bro so um, hopefully I can share a bit of an interesting perspective um, you know from somebody that's not in it full-time.
0: Yeah absolutely like it's really cool to speak with you while you're still in that stage of the journey because I think there's a bunch of like value to take out of that, like your time management and just like your energy and focus. Um, do you want to just tell us about like how you actually ended up where you are in your career and like um, how kind of Don Dusiel came about? Yeah, man.
1: Um, so in terms of my career, uh, I studied um, information systems uh, for a few years in Auckland. And um, yeah, suppose I landed in tech consulting as my first job and have been there ever since. Um, when I describe you know, doing my day job versus um, Don Duciel and and sort of working in the fashion space, um, people get thrown off a bit, but there's actually more similarities between the two than you think. Um, Because I think at the core, it's about understanding what a group of people want um, or sort of what they're looking for. And then, you know, coming up with ideas to address it and, you know, making a plan to provide value and to sort of satisfy that gap. So um. Yeah, man, I've been able to kind of like take learnings from my career and um, that sort of led into to starting the brand um, this
0: year as well. Sick. Did you kind of like yeah. identify like a gap in the market or was it just like, was jewellery something mm. you always yeah. wanted to do? Like, like what kind of sparked that idea?
1: Yeah, so I've always had a real passion um, and interest in fashion. Uh, you know, for as long as I've known, I've loved to sort of take care of myself and have always been picking up new pieces. Um, so it's been something that I've been interested in um, and similarly I've always wanted to you know have my own business and start something up on the side but I think personally for me um, the clothing market felt a little bit saturated um, you know big ups to everyone that's sort of working in that space or, or wanting to start in that space but I think it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, so I, I wanted to start a business but I wasn't sure what it looked like and um I suppose it's a long story, but I was over in Italy a couple of years ago um, before COVID and I spent a month in Milan and to kind of, you know, mark my stay and remember, I wanted to pick up something that I could wear um, and that I could sort of keep with me. And, and that obvious answer was jewellery. The thing was, I didn't want to buy like a massive ring with a lion or a snake on it. You know, I just wanted something chill um, that, yeah, that I could sort of work into my fits and um, I, I managed to find a small Italian brand bro um, where they had the six store. You could literally go in, try on like whatever jewelry you were vibing with, make sure it fit correctly and then walk out real satisfied. And I felt like that was a gap man that, that we have in New Zealand, especially for guys who don't have jewelry or that are wanting to like detail their outfits a bit. It's like, how do you actually do that without trying it on? And, um, yeah, kind of took that idea home and sort of built from it, um, you know, when I was back in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, bro, like, honestly, I can testify that, like, when you hit me up, um, I had a real good look at the brand, and I just saw you guys had beautiful, like, minimalistic jewellery. It's what I'd been, like, searching for for so long in New Zealand, and I had just really never found it. Um, And then not only that, but you were able to kind of, like, make it pretty much, like, custom to size, would you say? Because it's pretty much, like, made to order. Um, and, and the process was like super smooth for me. But yeah, do you want to go into detail about that process a bit?
1: Yeah, man. Um, so it's it's all self-taught. And um, I suppose the, the ending part of that story before was, you know, I came back with the idea of starting a brand, but it was COVID. And I was grafting at uni and finishing off my studies, trying to find a job. So I actually put it in, you know, the parking lot for a little bit. Um, before I could kind of establish my, my career. And um, it was only until COVID last year when things really lined up. Um, I had a bit of free time. And, you know, in the lockdown, I just posed the idea to Levi and, and sort of got him on board um, to kind of go on this journey with me. And honestly, bro, by the end of the lockdown, we had bought a 3D printer. Um, we had taught ourselves how to design rings on, on CAD software from YouTube. And um we had this mad setup in our garage bro um, where we could literally you know 3d print a ring in plastic um, but actually get kind of things created from that and, and build from there so um it's been very much like a you know a self-taught process for both of us, but mm. I wouldn't have it
0: any other way that's huge and, and have you been like bootstrapping up until this point in in what way bro and just like just funding that through your own um like, mm. like, what you get paid through work and whatnot, just just using your own money yeah. for the for the machines and the software and stuff. Like, it it sounds like a pretty big upfront cost.
1: Yeah, man, it's um, it's all been self funded for sure, and I think um, you know, that's been the the benefit of putting it on the parking lot for a little bit. Things just lined up really well, and um, I think a lot of people when they have an awesome idea like starting a business. They, they think that they need to action it straight away and, and you know, maybe it doesn't go as well as, as it could have. But for us, we had, I suppose, the foresight and, and the wisdom to kind of go, hey, let's wait for things to line up. Yeah, the patience. Um, and, you know, when, when that second round of COVID and lockdown hit, man, it, it just worked perfectly. So um, we had the funds
0: available, um, the time, and, uh, yeah, we're able to build from there. That's that's such a cool story and something that I don't really think gets talked about enough is just you're sitting Mm. on an idea and waiting, you know, timing is really important. Um, And you're right, like so many people, like even me, I'm guilty of it. You get caught up in an idea and you just think you need to action it straight away. And there's some merit in that, you know, like taking action and just like letting things fall into place. But there's also like, there's a potential downside where it just doesn't turn out the way you envisioned it Um, and it ends up getting, you know, put to the side whereas it sounds like you guys really took some time and patience and really considered what you wanted to do and now you have like the beautiful foundation of a really luxury, nice looking, aesthetic, functional business.
1: Yeah, yeah, and no, I really appreciate that, bro and um yeah, as I said I wouldn't have it any other way. I think um the way in which we've gone about things and you know taking things into our own hands and you know learning from end to end, you know, it's it's meant that we're at that point now where we're able to actually pull back and refine and, um, you know, identify the areas of the process in terms of production, but also running a business where we can make things more efficient and we can actually lean on other people to, to do things that maybe they can do better than us. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. So and you, you can focus on your strengths, really? Mm, yeah,
1: yep. exactly, bro.
0: How would you, um, how would you describe uh, Don Ducial to a stranger who had never heard of or seen the brand? I know you gave us a quick little rundown before and that's just kind of like the mantra of the brand. But if you had to, like, for me, I'd probably say it reminds me of like a Cole Buxton, um, but jewelry, like how, how would you describe it?
1: Yeah, bro. Um, and that's a massive compliment. Um, because Cole Buxton, you know, those guys have definitely been a massive inspiration for us. And, um, you know, in terms of building a brand we've we've looked to them, um, to kind of lead the way, but, um, I think there's two there's two ways to look at it. On the surface, Donduciel or we are a small batch provider of refined jewellery. And you know, when you look at the rings that we've made and the jewellery that we're putting out, um, there's a few key words. It's considered refined, um, you know, minimalistic, simplistic, and you know, those are the the kind of aesthetic things that that we look to put out there. Um, so we you know we let in with a few rings in june and this collection coming out at the end of the month is starting to branch into chain um, with a couple of new rings as well which you know we hope are still aligned with those those keywords that i mentioned before but the the deeper meaning bro is is i suppose the brand identity or the brand essence that we've been looking to build and for us, we wanted to build a brand that represented the values that my brother and I share and, you know, that we want to live our own lives. Those are, you know, being intentional, being put together, um, you know, working hard and, um, I suppose aspiring to be the best people that we can be. Um, what the jewelry has turned out to be is a visual, tangible representation of those values. and. um you know, I think it's all well and good saying that, but when I look at the people that have bought our rings and, you know, the people that are interested in following our business, yes, they've all got an awesome stees and, and they're interested in fashion, but more importantly, they're just real cool people. And I can tell that they resonate and share those values that my brother and I are wanting to put out there. So that's what Don Duciel sort of represents for me, man. Um, it's a symbol of the value um, you know, it's not just a way of, uh, you know, dressing. It's not just a fashion statement, but it's actually a way to kind of demonstrate the values that I, I sort of mentioned
0: before. Totally. And um, that kind of uh, brand um, ethos is, is state your intent. Like, w- would you like to just elaborate on that a little bit further?
1: Yeah. So the idea of intentional, being intentional and um, I suppose b- being purposeful in what you do was something that, um, you know, my brother and I discussed. And um, as part of sort of establishing our brand identity early on, um, that word intention was just something that we, we really liked. Um, so, you know, don't do CL, state your intent. Um, as I said, those rings and, and the jewelry that we're making, we want it to be a way of stating um, the person you are right. or the, the person that you want to be.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think I get it. Yeah, like, yeah. but by, by wearing the don, do see that is you stating your intent? Cause you're kind of like aligning yourself with those goals and values visually. hundred percent,
1: man. And it's, it's funny. Like I know, you know, not just me, but a lot of people that are wearing our stuff, they actually say that when they walk out the door, you know, you, you just don't feel quite yourself without that, that ring on or that bracelet. And I think, yes, it's, there's one thing about pulling an outfit together with that little silver detail, but it's actually an identity thing. It's, you know, this is the finishing touch to who I am and this kind of represents something. And um, because we've been getting that feedback, man, I'm hoping that we're doing something right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely see it because um, you have that in, like interest in fashion And uh, I think it was really smart what you did by recognizing that there's just so many fashion brands and everyone can start a clothing brand these days and you went for something a little bit more niche, but you still bring that, um, that feeling of wanting to wear something that aligns with you and your values. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you've done an amazing job, you know, like a lot of jewelry places are just like, you know, here's our jewelry. This is, this is what it is. Um, there's not really any brand substance behind it. Like there is so much in fashion. So it's really like refreshing to see that crossover come come through with Don Ducio.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent agree, bro. And um, yeah, as I said before, like I don't think there's anything wrong with going into a saturated market. I mean, even jewellery, there's a lot of jewellery businesses out there. But I think for for us, um, for young guys in particular, um, I felt there was a market um, that we could go into. And I think even though we're sort of positioned in a more premium space, the, the jewelry that we're making is still accessible to, you know, people that are young like ourselves. And um, we want to stay true to that bro going forward as well.
0: Absolutely. Like the prices are really reasonable as well. That was one thing that really stood out to me. It's just like accessible, it's convenient, um, but there's also an element of luxury. So I just love that. But I mean, on the, on the topic of just, you know, your values when you started the business and everything, do you want to um, just touch on maybe like some difficulties that maybe arose when you started Don Do
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few common challenges that a lot of, you know, new business owners and brand owners will run into. There's two things for us that I think of. Obviously, the first one is money. Um, so I did say that, yes, we've had income available to, to kind of put into things. But at the same time, we've had to be very selective and i suppose sacrifice in areas where if i had all of the money in the world i would have put a lot more of it into those um an example is you know branding there's people that we've wanted to work with um there's content that we want to make but it does come at a cost and um there's something quite humbling about you know taking your you know first collections photos with your iphone um you know working with your best mate as as the model and just kind of being really true to self and and building up from the ground, man. So money can be an issue, but it's not, you know, it's not preventing us from still doing cool mahi. Um, The other thing is time. And I think that's just unique to us because for Levi and I, we both have a nine to five in different spaces. Um, For him, that's study, for me, that's my career. But, you know, fostering the time to... You know, do a content schedule after you've grafted, you know, all day on a Friday and you need to put photos out, um, or just, you know, kind of working with suppliers and manufacturers during the workday, juggling yeah. between two spheres. You, you it, travel it quite difficult. a bit
0: as well, right? Like you fly a bit through New Zealand. And so juggling yeah, that yeah, as I mean, well can't be easy.
1: Yeah, with my day job. Um, do a little bit of travel and yeah I mean these are just all things that can add up man and they take a toll on you so I don't want to say that time is an issue because we all have time and it's you know about what you do with it but um, it's just something that we need to to manage carefully and and sort of you know be efficient with when we can
0: yeah absolutely I, I really like what you were saying about how humbling it was to kind of just do your first photo shoot fully with the iPhone and and your best mate as the model. Um, But, you know, I think, I think you're right. Like there's just an element of like authenticity that comes through, um, you know, a process like that. And especially when the imagery actually turns out quite nice and clean and still aligns with your brand values. I think it's also going to be something really cool to look back on one day, maybe a year from now, maybe 10 years from now, um, you know, when you have, when you have the resources to really, Execute, you know, like a proper photo shoot. I mean, you're even speaking. You did one yesterday, which you said was is probably a step in that direction, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent, bro. It's um, it's awesome, you know, to to kind of show that journey. And I think, you know, one of the other things is making it a sustainable thing so that we can actually grow um, with the pace that we're working at, and that we don't bite off more than we can chew. So, you know, we're we're gonna be as as humble as we can be um on our journey and I'm really stoked with the progress that we've made so far. Yeah, especially in terms of content.
0: That's sick. How how was it um yesterday, you know, just getting to work on like the actual photo shoot with a photographer and um everything compared to the first ever n shoot?
1: Yeah, bro, honestly. Um I've gotta be careful what I say here, but I, I loved it, man, and I just think you know, the idea of kind of working on the brand full time is is so cool. It's something I'd love to do. And um, I love my day job as well, but it would be awesome to get the brand in a position where I can sort of reprioritize things and, you know, rejig things so that I can spend more time doing that because uh, had an absolute blast. But yeah, man, I was thinking about the difference between our first collection uh, where I was literally taking photos of my mate's hand um, in his living room. And, you know, yesterday we were posted up with um, the guys at Chirbay um, in Auckland, a really cool cafe. They were wearing our jewellery. We were taking photos and videos of them making coffee. We were taking our own content, you know, around there. And it was just, it was awesome, man. caught a real vibe. And um, I think it's a good foundation for us going forward.
0: Now I'm, I'm really excited to see the new imagery, especially considering what you're able to achieve off just the iPhone. Um, it'll be crazy to see what's next um, yeah. on that topic. Um, <laughs> we'd just like to talk about like, working with um, branding professionals, you know in this industry of like fashion and jewelry, especially in New Zealand. You know I feel like we, we're small, but we have some really great talent, and I know you've worked with some of it before, so just keen to hear your experiences.
1: Yeah, so I think when we were, you know, when we started to make our rings and we realized that this was a business that we wanted to to push for, um, we we realized that kind of establishing brand identity and um, I suppose having that you know goal that we can work towards and the vision um, for myself and Levi was was absolutely key. Um, and for that reason, we decided to reach out to somebody, um, you know, in the space to help us articulate um, all of the things that we've been thinking about the brand. So I hit up um, Josh Hears, who's the owner of Porter James Sports, and um, we sat down and did a whole bunch of brand strategy and brand identity work together. One of those things, bro, was just being able to articulate the vibes that I push with the brand and kind of the, the things that we associate our brand with. And, um, you know, that can be in the form of your brand tagline. It could be your brand story um, or the messaging that you kind of use in your content. Um, But, you know, it was really important for us, bro, to kind of set that up early. And, um, you know, we're just going to build on that from here. We'll refine it. We'll grow with it. Um, But I'm really stoked and glad that we reached out to Josh early on.
0: Yes, secrets. Okay. Do you think um, you know, like it took took the brand to a bit of a next level as if you had just tried to like do it between you and Levi?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a fine balance, I think, bro, starting out and um, you know, I think you can tell those that have put a lot of time into their branding versus those who are kind of maybe pushing more from a product perspective. Um, but for you know, for Levi and I we set those foundations and more importantly man um we've got you know a contact and josh who is always there to answer our questions um you know he started as, as somebody that we went to for branding but now you know i call him a brother and um i'm able to kind of riff off ideas about you know future collections and he can also riff off ideas about porter james with me um so you know it's kind of it's kind of stressed the importance of networking in that space as well and and starting to meet other creatives in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, Definitely. Now that's sick bro and um, I I was just curious as well just between you and Levi like do you guys have any other like previous side business experience or it was just kind of your, your first gig together?
1: This is very much our first gig together bro and I mean Levi and I are still real young guys so You know, it's it's definitely just the first time we've we've gone down this path. But um I think I do have experience in the fashion space from both a a consumer's perspective. Um so as I said, you know, the guy that wanted to buy a ring and couldn't find it in New Zealand, that you know, that that actually does bring some value. And the other thing is I worked in retail for many years before I got into my career. And um You know i worked for nike you learn a lot from working for a big brand um, in terms of you know the way in which they present their products the experience that they want to give to their customers um being able to spark up a conversation with a random person and identify what they want and you know align that with a product that will suit them um those types of skills man they're definitely transferable and i think although we haven't made a business before um you know, we've been able to draw on learnings from our you know our part-time jobs and um, yeah. other life experiences as well.
0: No, absolutely, that's super um, valuable, and also just really impressive. You know that this is your first kind of um, roadshow, but um, also keen to just hear more about like your experience at Nike, like just retail-wise. What was that like? Um, I've done retail myself, but <laughs> very different experience. I worked at Farmers in the menswear department for two years. But I'm keen to see yeah. if like Nike did anything different or like interesting that you picked up on that has kind of helped uh, carry over to Don Duciel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think some of those things that I mentioned before. Um, so when you walk into a Nike store, you're straight away greeted by somebody, and um, you know it's all about finding out which products can can meet what that person is looking for so you know i think there's the soft skill aspect of that being able to create relationships um and provide value um, in a, a sort of tangible way and that's kind of what you know business is but um yeah as i said before i think it's also the branding element and you know you have to position products in certain ways you have to present yourself in a certain way and um you know those are things that i'm trying to leverage and bring into don Duciel as well man
0: yeah um and, and be honest does your like tech background help you with like website stuff because i must say that's one of the first things i noticed about don Duciel. before you even reached out to me i remember seeing the website and just like showing that to my mate being like damn this is a nice website <laughs> like is that on you
1: yeah i mean i did i did do the website um which yeah and i really appreciate that man but my my career in tech um is, is i suppose it's more system based um so you know i i implement software systems to to automate business processes it's a little bit more high level um and not as much on the tools that being said I've taken a lot of skills from my day job in terms of project management um, and being able to sort of see something through like a product to the customer. Um, My brother and I actually have quite different personalities. So, you know, Levi is a very forward thinking, um, you know, big picture person. He likes to, you know, think about the future first and then figure out how to get there. Whereas I'm very much a, Uh, a sort of detail oriented action oriented person where i need the vision set for me and then i can sort of outline the steps that we need to do to get there so i think that's something that i've kind of picked up with my job um due to the nature of consulting and uh you know it's worked really well with um you know me and levi and kind of how we work together as well bro
0: yeah absolutely i think it's great that you have you know two different personalities like that that can like they probably conflict a few times, but also they can yeah. merge together and just create something really um, you know, tangible and cohesive um, because you need those bigger picture people with divisions and stuff to actually like inspire you and think about where the end goal is. But then you also need yeah. someone who's kind of like more detail oriented and just being like, okay, how do we get there? Like, how do we make each step of the way like kind of make sense rather than just like rushing for that big picture goal?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, that's definitely how we work, and you're right. It's not always, um, you know, plain sailing, and um, we've had plenty of, you know, arguments and disagreements and stuff along the way. But, you know, that that is what happens when you, you're running a business. And I suppose the benefit of doing it with my brother is, you know, I know at the end of the day, like we're always going to be brothers, and um, you know, we're always going to kind of work things out, um, which is awesome. And you know, in terms of running a business.
0: Yeah absolutely bro yeah i'm definitely um more of like i'm probably more like you whereas i'm more kind of like let's iron everything out make it all smooth make it all like cohesive and make it make sense um and and yeah i think like even in my personal like professional or whatever career it's more it makes more sense for me to align with like um people with vision you know what i mean um otherwise yeah. you can kind of just get stuck in this uh loop of like backtracking and like you know, making everything make sense without actually having like a, a forward-moving goal. Do you, do you kind of experience that as well? Hundred percent,
1: man. Like it's so easy to get caught up in the detail, and um, you know, Levi always prompts me to kind of think about you know the step after the next one. Um, you know what are we going to be pushing end of next year, uh, yeah, rather totally. than the current collection. And you're like, and, what do you um, mean
0: end of next year? I haven't even thought <laughs> about next month. <laughs> exactly, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, bro. Like I'm kind of like, you know, we've not got to that yet, but yeah, you need it, and um, but, you know, it just helps me to work in a really efficient way as well, man, because um, I can start to lay the foundations and set the plan to get there um, early on, and I think that just helps us to kind of speed up
0: our process and, and work quite quickly. No, that's sick, man. Um, you must be super grateful that you know you've got a brother that can also be a business partner, and you guys align so well. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it
1: doesn't always happen, and um, you know Levi and I, we also have the same taste in fashion, um, and uh, as I said before, we share a, um, a very similar perspective on life and the people that we want to be. So that that's fundamental, man. And if it's not there, then, you know, it probably wouldn't work as well.
0: Absolutely. No, it's super rare, bro. Um, we we, we kind of touched on challenges like during the early stages of CL. And I, I think what you were saying is that those same challenges kind of remain. But are there any like current challenges or future challenges that you kind of see on the horizon um, as you guys, yeah. you know, scale up and continue to drive the business forward? Absolutely, man. Um, so one of the
1: you know, key challenges is building the brand vibe around your products. And, you know, if you look at our Instagram feed, for example, it's been there for a few months, but it has been very product focused. And that's been because I didn't want to rush into, you know, exploring all of the other areas of Dondu CL without going about it the right way. Um, so one thing that, you know, I personally really want to do in the next year is start to explore those things. Um, you know, what does somebody who wears Don Duciel wear in terms of clothing? Um, you know, what music do they listen to? Uh, who do they hang out with? And, you know, what are all of those little things that make Don Duciel um what it is? The other sort of aspect is consistency. And um, there's a quote that I always go back to. It's, you know, the challenge is consistency and consistency is what creates difference. Um, and, you know, for small business owners, having a consistent, you know, approach to your products, content, um, you know, marketing and campaigns, that is what makes you look different um, in what is a very saturated market. So we're very early days. I'm not beating ourselves up about having gaps in our content plan for example but as we grow I want to make sure that we have a bit of a backlog of work that we have a backlog of content and that we can maintain that consistency because you know that is what builds an awesome brand um, from my perspective and it's a lot easier to kind of work and operate and grow once you've set that really fast-paced rhythm um, for your long-term projects so
0: yeah absolutely I I think momentum is huge Um, And it looks like you guys are building some good momentum for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see see you kind of dive into that. Um, Don't do see our customer as well. Like, um, yeah, just just exploring, you know, who that person is, what they wear, who they hang out with, what they do. I I think that will be, you know, kind of like the last step to make your brand really complete um, and and make people align with it even more. Um, Are you afraid of like, um, how do I say it, like, cutting off like a portion of the market at all or do you kind of just recognize that as something that you have to do if you want you want to really build a strong brand that's a really good question bro um
1: and i think it's a it's something that you ask yourself when you start a brand as well because you know it's like who am i to pick and choose the types of people that should buy our you know product and the the people that we aim our product at but I think, you know, I've been quite clear from the beginning that um, the original gap we identified was for, you know, young people who were wanting to get into jewellery that were, you know, more simplistic. They wanted something more um, refined and considered. And I think that was particularly relevant for guys, um, especially here in New Zealand. So at the core, um, that sort of started to, you know, frame up who our customer is. But that being said, um, you know hopefully we've kept it broad enough and um all of our products have been made with a sort of unisex um aesthetic such that anybody can wear the, the ring um even though we might be sort of catering towards a target market
0: yeah totally and i i personally think like you know if you don't have a brand that cuts off a certain amount of people like not not like cuts off but you know doesn't target a specific group of people then you know like what's the point in having a brand you know like then these people can just go to like a Michael Hill or something like obviously the product's not going to be same no not going to be the same but you know what I'm saying like like they're not going to yeah. feel that same sense of alignment that you were speaking about earlier when they step out the door with their don't do CL on their hand
1: yeah absolutely man and um, I think that's why it was so important to do a lot of that brand work up front um, with Josh and you know establishing. Uh, I suppose a framework or those um, guardrails that we would sort of work within, because it just means that um, Levi and I are totally aligned with all of the content that we make, the products that we make, etc., and our customers are kind of in that space as well. Um, yeah, man. So that, that's kind of where where we are where we are at with things. Um, but overall, what I would say is that you know I'm probably a little bit selfishly making products as well that I would wear myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think, I think that's pretty much everyone who starts a brand, right. It's like, there's, there's a part of it. It's just like, there's nowhere I can get something that works for me. So why don't I make it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that is, I suppose, um, you know, at, at the very core, what we've done. And the cool thing is, as we start to grow as people as well, man, and as we mature and, and kind of refine our own tastes, The brand will grow with that Um, so I'm really gassed about it man and I'm glad we've gone about things where we have
0: no that's cool Um, you know while we're on the high note like I'd love to just ask about next kind of like tangible steps for the brand I know you talked about fleshing out um, you know content strategy but but keen to hear anything else that you you're kind of looking at doing within the next months or years Yeah. So
1: in terms of products, um, obviously we're releasing our spring summer 22 collection um, on the 1st of December, which I'm really gassed about. So we're really excited to, you know, go about this campaign in a new way. As I said before, the quality of, of the content that we've made. And I think our jewelry, this collection is is a step up and it's a step in the direction that we want to build. So you know, from a product perspective, it's about continuing to refine our collection and, and add to it and um, explore new areas of, of jewellery. But um, in terms of other goals, bro, I'd love to offer an in-person experience, um, sort of going back to that narrative and that story that I had back in Milan. Um, you know, I think it's it's something that we miss in New Zealand, uh, a place to actually go and try on, Brings, try on chains, like, you know, figure out your fit, man, and, and, you know, meet people that are also kind of in that space. And, you know, as I said, the, the people that share those values that you care about. So I want to deliver an in person experience at some point, uh, whether it's a pop up or, um, you know, like a working with another brand to kind of um, deliver a, a more sort of fulfilling end to end experience for our customers.
0: Oh, I love that man. Yeah yeah, that's such a great point. Um and you know that's where your retail skills from Nike can really shine.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean I
0: yeah, I I don't know. You could probably train sort of yeah, yeah, train other people to do it, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, you definitely don't miss um grafting out, you know, on the shop floor, but there's something pretty cool and, and special about doing it for your own brand. So no, I'd love to do that, man. It's definitely in the works for next
0: year. Yeah. No, that that's really cool, it sounds like that's kind of um, where your fulfillment comes from is just just filling that you know need in the market and and filling you know that your own gap you know what you were yeah. looking for being able to create that um and just on that topic like what's probably the most exciting thing part for you about running don Ducio? oh
1: no i think you've hit the nail on the head man um it's all about you know that well I, the, the best thing that we've had, you know, was when that first person bought a ring and we didn't know who they were.
0: Yeah, that would have been and, crazy. And um,
1: it was just crazy, man. It's like yeah. all of the imposter syndrome, like who are we to make jewelry <laughs> and, and to sell it? And, and I suppose you, you kind of think, you know, am I in the right position to be doing that? But honestly, bro, it was the most fulfilling thing. And, um, you know, even people that I do know, just seeing my boys dripped out and, you know, full Don Duciel and, um, you know, Josh throwing some Don Duciel rings on his Porter James shoots and seeing the models kind of style our rings with other awesome New Zealand brands and, you know, international brands. Like it's just awesome, bro. So there's a, there's many fulfilling things, but I think it's just seeing rings on hand and people stoked to be wearing them. Sick, bro. I got mine on right now. (laughs) Yeah, man. It looks really good. And, um, as I said, uh, it's just cool to know that other people felt the same way that I did um, about the market, and I'm glad that we're starting to plug it in and give guys like us um, you know, an opportunity
0: to, to explore their fashion a little bit more. Absolutely, bro. Um, look, like I reckon most of the listeners to this podcast are young people like ourselves, probably either interested in fashion and just in your brand. But I think for the most part, it's people who are on the edge of starting their own brand or business or have started theirs and maybe it's not going so well or maybe it is going well and they're just looking for a bit of inspiration. Um, So, you know, as someone who's over a year in uh, doing pretty well for themselves, if, if you could give one piece of advice to our audience, what would it be? I think the biggest
1: piece of advice from, you know, myself and Levi would be all about building up that rhythm um, I think it's just absolutely key, man, um, to get to a point where you can operate and just maintain it at that speed that you want to be working at um, with, you know, with all other things in balance. Um, and that's been really key for us, as I said, because it's on the side at the moment. The idea that we can have Don Du just sort of operating at this really cool pace where we're experimenting with making products with are pushing out content and it's not you know it's not taking a a massive part of our our lives and it's not you know having a massive effect on us I think that's awesome um when I say having a massive effect it does but in a positive way and um yeah I I think that's just key man uh, especially if you're doing it on the side but the other piece is just to to be smart about you know how you go about things and um I think the biggest piece that you can take from Don Duciel is it was a patient approach, as you said. Um, you know, we didn't rush into it. We leveraged people and experiences that we could. Um, and we've also been humble enough to step away when, you know, maybe something isn't in our wheelhouse or it's not in our area of expertise, totally. such as branding. So, you know, that that's really important. Being humble, taking photos on your iPhone, that sort of stuff, man. <laughs> it's just about getting going.
0: Yeah, I love that bitch that that bit that you sorry, I just said, bitch. <laughs> I love that <laughs> bit that you touched on about patience. Um, I, I definitely think that's probably the most valuable parts take yeah. out of your story, um, yours and Levi's. And um, yeah, bro, I just really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and just sharing everything with us. Um, yeah, it's been amazing
1: bro we really appreciate um you know the work that you're putting into to to give light to some small new zealand brands and international brands um and you know i'm just so gassed that yourself personally as well um that you enjoy the the work that we're doing and um you know that you're available for us to kind of riff off and, and you know give ideas to as well man it's awesome so appreciate you having me on